0: Joe, are you hey. awake? Yes. How are you? I'm good, sir. Good. I took uh, my, uh, uh, you know, I always wait until like 15 minutes before show time to uh, take my shower every day. So, because otherwise I'm just caught up in shit. So yeah, I've got my wet hair going and uh, ready to roll, dude.
1: Yeah, you know, I was thinking I was watching some Goodfellas. I think over the holidays. Oh, I haven't
0: seen that in a long you know, fucking time. When
1: you just said that, it reminded me of the mm. scene with uh, Marty or whatever, the guy who's the the rug the hairpiece salesperson, right? And um, it was just funny because you know, <laughs> of course, I was. <laughs> Gonna say something, with it. I'm like, what guy wants to hear that? So, yeah, <laughs> well, let me. T-
0: I will tell you a story. Goodfellas is the one where he's in the kitchen and the helicopters start coming over. Yeah, yeah. Have I told yeah. my helicopter story and marijuana story yet on the show? No,
1: no. Oh, dude,
0: like this but... is the shit that'll make sure I'll never get employed. Okay. Um, uh, so I was this was my first marriage, not my current wife, she had nothing to do with this illicit activity. Um, uh, uh we were living in Houston. And I had been, my um, my startup had been acquired by this roll-up company, right? And so I'm working for them, working hard, but, you know, I was a bit of a stoner. So we moved to Houston when we got acquired, and we knew nobody in Houston. So we didn't know where to get any dope, right? <laughs> and, and and we had no idea where we were going to find pot. Now, of course, I, I haven't smoked in... 15 years, except an occasional with some old friends or something, you know, but, but this was back in 2000, 99, 2000. So I had my buddy Rich send us seeds from, from a bag he had, right? So he sends us these pot seeds in a FedEx bag. We're already paranoid. Like we're we're already like hyper paranoid about this shit. My wife at the time had this amazing green thumb, like she should have been a horticulturist, like she could grow anything. And she did all this splicing and, you know, all this other shit. She studied how marijuana grows and all of this. Right. So now this is pre-legalization days and this is Texas, no less. Right. So we're on a, we're on a felony track here. So, so, so we take we have this like four bedroom house in this little town called West University that's right in the middle of Houston there and our landlord lives literally two blocks away okay and so she starts growing in one of the spare bedrooms in this house. And we buy the lights, we buy the whole fucking works, right? Now we we also know that they like use infrared and helicopters to try to find the heat sensors of people using lights for this shit and all this shit. They look for electric bills going up. We had pulley system and everything else. Well, long story short, by the by i don't know a few months later we had an entire room full of trees of marijuana that way we were so tall i had to bend them down to to use now this was just for our personal use we were never selling it right it, we just got so fucking carried away with growing it that that we just kept growing it and we had uh uh, multiple plants that were growing in another room in a closet that we set up with lights because it was like the I don't know the hermaphrodite ones whatever I, I, I did I don't remember all the science behind it but bottom line we had all this shit so my brother comes in town and he's like what the fuck dude and not too long now our entire house smells like pot right like it's it's like it's, just, it's a grow room full of pot the entire house smells like pot and the landlord comes knocking on the door one day and she's like, "Hey, I want to come in and see about painting that room." blah <laughs> blah. we're like, "No, we're on our way out the door." So we got past that hurdle. So one day, it's like a Saturday. We're all high, and my brother and I are my brother and my wife and I are harvesting this pot into garbage bags. Literally, we had massive amounts of marijuana in the house, like bag after bag after bag after bag after bag of pot. And we're we we've got everything harvested up And we're all high. And all of a sudden we hear this helicopter right over our house, like right over. And it keeps circling and circling and circling. (laughs) And we are flipping the fuck out, like just losing our minds, like, you know, heightened paranoia from the marijuana. And we're like, shit. And we're like, we can't ever flush all this shit. You know, my brother's like trying to flush pot down the drain down the toilet and i'm like dude there are so many bags here <laughs> there's just no hope and the helicopter's circling and circling and circling and circling and we are freaking out and it's been it's been like two hours like of this helicopter circling and nobody comes banging on the door right
1: really
0: wow so i when you said goodfellas it reminded me of that so later that night i'm i'm still kind of recovering from the stress and i'm watching the news and like a block over from us was a strip mall And there had been a bank robbery at the strip mall. And so the helicopter, and oh, that was the other thing. We're hearing all these sirens, right? Police sirens going all over the place. We were just, it was like, and I will tell you what, we killed every growing plant the next day. We were like, even if that wasn't for us, we're done. We're out of here. It's like, we have enough pot here anyway for the next 12 years. So. Anyway, that reminds me when you say goodfellas fellows, it reminds me of the helicopter circling overhead yeah. for him. And so, anyway, that's a great way to start the show, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to tie it all together here. I, I was just thinking about, I could if you were talking about helicopters, if it was talking about your Baghdad grow operation or something like that. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
0: So speaking of speaking of legal, everybody that's in, we're forked. Good news! I just pinged and harassed uh, the attorney, and uh, let's see here. Let me see here. Let me see here. There we go. And she sent me this screenshot. So the Investment Club doc is in actually in the works while we were talking. So so that's almost here, people. Uh, Hang tight, we're almost there. I spoke yesterday to uh, Dennison, the founder of. Vote with Tally did about an hour on the phone with him about structuring DAOs and what they're doing. They're doing some stuff for smaller DAOs, really some cool stuff coming out of that project as well. Um, He's going to work with uh, the guy that's been helping us on the team who is doing some of the solidity programming for the voting process for snapshot for snapshots. But it looks like um, coming in the next month or two, rather than you and I having to mess with managing all of this, we may actually be able to automate. We talked about Gelato and using that. So we may Mm. be able to actually set the parameters for the swaps and for the staking and for the profit levels and have the whole thing automate for us. So um, not here yet. It's going to be a manual thing for now. But good news is we are making progress, folks. So hang tight. We're almost there.
1: That sounds awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That would be cool. Okay. Oh, I said I was going to make notes. So talk about something, Joe.
1: Oh uh, yes. We. What is this? The tie-in notes?
0: For the, the the notes for the show when I post it. So yeah. That, yeah. I can.
1: Yeah. Um, I did notice that. What are we looking at there? Is that Snowbank? Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, they got they got through that buyout period. Okay. They did. Um, I didn't it, sell mine it, though. Did you? I didn't saw... either.
0: And they they burned fifty one thousand Snowbank. Yeah, I saw the. Price What's that math? Pr- What's four hundred times fifty one thousand?
1: 400 times 51,000. Um,
0: I'll tell you as soon as that half I, a million. Uh, no, 20.4 million. Still 20.4 million sold. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean burned. And the APY sitting at 274,000% right now. Right. So I still have a little bit in there. I'm hanging on to. And, uh, um, you know, I, I didn't buy any more, but I've actually thought about it because I watch I'm in their discord and I'm watching what they're doing
1: yeah.
0: and how they're handling themselves and how they're communicating. And I, you know, again, I, I talk about this all the time, but I think it's a I, I think the people who fuck up are the ones most likely to be even better at managing and stewarding a project later. Right. Yeah. The ones that have a mistake, make a mistake and screw up. Um, are most likely to do much better at running it afterwards because they've learned a valuable lesson and they're incredibly conscious of the community and the money um that the community lost. So um I'm still in it. I actually still own my snow dog as well, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got thirty nine
0: dollars each.
1: Yeah. No, I got rid of that one. I didn't yeah, to well. see the point yeah 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 um,
0: um so anyway um I thought that was good news I like seeing that they um that they're doing what they say they're gonna do I think that they're making some good moves they're talking about some cool things coming up for them um, that they're working on behind the scenes so um you know look will they fuck up again they might they very well could you know they, they people make mistakes again but uh, I just like seeing what they're what they're doing so it's good
1: yeah no I mean it's I'm kind of wondering when I look at some of these, I mean, there's going to be a run coming soon. I did get a chance to dig into the NFTs this morning. I wanted to look at that um, just because of all the NFT buzz that's been coming out. But I think there's runs coming in a couple of these spaces. We've talked a little bit before the show. I just sort of feel like everything's kind of going sideways or just a little bit up and down with yep. some rotation, but I don't see any like big events or big things that uh, make things go up or go down at this right. point. Right. Um, and so what if it were rotating and that tells me that it eventually rotates back, you know, with these comebacks. So like you said, I mean, now is the time to really think about, you know, getting more of that.
0: Well, look, um, I mean, time took a big dump yesterday, so I bought more there. Um, and, um, bought some redacted yesterday on a yeah. little bit of a dip, but not a full one. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm here's the thing. Everybody's talking about the death of the ohm forks, right? But when you do the math, <laughs> even if these things dump to like 3 or 4 bucks and the APY's the rebase dumps in half, you're still making money, right? You're you're still making percentages above anything you're going to get in TradFi. Could they go to zero? Yes. Could the project team give up and say fuck it and it's just a dead project? Absolutely. So that's a big part of the risk of investing in these, but um, I like the discounts, you know what I mean? And so I'm the ones I feel like have good bones. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in a little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're not in yet, then you can make a nice sort of risk adjusted, sort of diversified, you know, scatter play on a bunch. If you're already in, it's a great place to be, um, you know, DCA. Yeah. DCA at this point. Yeah. Um, I think with me, I look at the math and, you know, I, it just has to be where the execution risk yeah. part. and some of that are ahead already, you know, Olympus and time and those, <clears throat> I think have a good head start, but it doesn't mean none of these guys could be the one that actually really does it. Right. You know, so, I mean, it could be the Onus Dows or the Fortresses or the Life Dows or the Hector Dows. I mean, it could be any of those. Actually, you know, I think. Were we talking yesterday? What was the other one with with uh, Convex and Curve Wars? Was it a Hector? Was Hector yeah. somehow involved in that? Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, that was redacted. That's okay. redacted. Um, but uh, I, are you still in Hector? Weren't you in Hector? No. I'm not I anymore. thought you were in Hector. It looks like... So I was looking at their numbers on... on um, What's the site where all the rebase projects are listed? Fuck. FOMO? God, Firefox closed. Yeah, FOMO. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, they've got $146 million deposited, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, and that's uh, another Phantom one. And then yesterday I was looking at Phantom. Um, and so um, I... I actually, um, I really like this project, and I like kind of their approach and attitude and their documentation. They're doing some unique things. They're um, bonding on multiple coin types. They're backing it with MIM. Um, I I like a lot that's going on here. I certainly like this API, um, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I I think there's some I think there's some potential in this project. I I've got to climb in a little more deeply, but. I may take a little bit of a bet on this one as well. Uh and I like it because it seems to have the Phantom community involved in it, engaged with it. There's only uh twenty-nine million in TBL, but um it's also in a smaller chain and um, probably hasn't gotten nearly the uh the PR, the coverage around it. So hmm.
1: looks pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Um so and they're and they're and they're very explicit. This is what the another thing I check right away do they just copy and paste the fucking uh, Ohm docs and then replace with their name of their token or do, are they actually working on something? Right. And so when I looked at the phantom documents um, I see that they're actually trying to differentiate, that they're trying to approach it differently, that they have ideas they think make it a little bit better than how Ohm's doing it, which that's what I want to see in these protocols, right. In these forks, I want to see a better business model. I want to see a better revenue model. I want to see a better, Burn model. I want to see what whatever it is. I at least want the project to be doing something um, to try to innovate. And I think um, from the perspective of we're forked, that should also be one of the priorities for our votes, right? I mean, ultimately, it's up to the team, the community, to decide what what they're gonna what they're gonna want in the portfolio. But I definitely think it's um, a good standard. It's like, look, are they are they trying to be different, and are they executing on the difference they're trying to do? Um, I think is a really good criteria for it. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I mean, how are they differentiating? Can they do it? What do you see here with Phantom? Not to put you on the spot. I'm just looking at it too. So what does um, stand out?
0: So first of all, you know, they're very explicit about the fact that, um, hold on, let me find that section so I can read it to you instead of just saying it off the top of my head when I was reading it last night at one in the morning. Uh, Let me find it, find it, find it, find it.
1: Yeah, because I'm on the website.
0: Uh, it's in the docs. Uh, oh, that's it. They had a, a uh, they have a, they, well, I don't want to use the marketing lingo, but first of its kind, proof of burn revenue generation strategy that makes them unique as an ohm fork. And then where was it where they described exactly what they're doing with that? Let me see. Hold on a second. But that's what I want. I want to see projects that are actually trying to differentiate, right? I want to yeah. I want them I wanna see I don't want to be a fucking copy and paste. Now, you know, maybe some of them some of them do. So um so they have a proprietary stablecoin FUD, F H U D, that is untradable after meaning, cannot be bought. It serves the use case of unlocking the full value and potential of the treasury in the DAO operating account account while maintaining stability in the treasury. Hmm. Two main reasons, to unlock the value of the liquid supply of FHM and the Dow operating count without affecting market price, and to utilize stable coins in the treasury that would otherwise just hold value to achieve utility and or growth through asset purchases. Um, and then they say, as it stands, no own fork is used this innovative method of supercharging their revenue generation. So I need to climb deeper into that, but um, I like that it's not just a standard fork. I like that they're trying to write, do some customization. They're doing custom code. They're trying to do something different with the revenue model. Um, there was one I was looking at the other day. Oh, I know what it was. So there's this one on uh, BSC called Eureka that did an airdrop. Um, and I created a different a new wallet for the airdrop.
1: Yeah. And they were
0: like, they were like, the token's going to list at $1 each. Um, and I was like, wow, okay. So I'm going to get a thousand of these $1 each tokens, huh? Well, of course I didn't think I would actually get that. Uh, my I got, ended up getting 1,200 tokens that are now worth $40. So, you know, I mean, but they're a BSC model, and their approach is, hey, we don't want to run out of emissions. We want to extend emissions. And so their approach is they are um, they are starting out with a much lower APY levels and trying to manage it differently than way owned it. Now, they could be complete idiots and have not modeled it out and don't know what they're doing, and... You know the guys at Ohm are pretty fucking smart so i have a feeling they knew what they were doing when they set up the model that they did but the fact that they're actually trying to do it differently to avoid where ohm is today so here's where ohm is today right the community just voted to reduce um a uh, rebasing the 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 index so essentially ohm was at 5600 two days ago it was at 4600 uh yesterday it's probably going to be down in the 3000s today or tomorrow every epoch it's um, it's reducing because the community voted to drop the APYs down to about 1,000%. And the reason for that is the emissions were starting to dilute the value for users, and they know from past drops in the APY that when they did that, the value of the token went up because there were less tokens being emitted into the universe. So the goal is, is to control emissions While at the same time, and this is a really critical part, and some of these smaller projects are never going to be able to get to this level of of activity. At the same time, there are literally hundreds of people in the Ohm community building projects around the Ohm token and around the Ohm bonding and the, uh, the pro bonding. So there are all these projects building around it giving Ohm a use case, right, which then makes more reasons for people to buy Ohm. And so when more people want to buy them and the supply, the emissions are dropping and no longer up at crazy levels that obviously is supposed to increase the price of the overall token. And so, um, that's what, that's what, uh, Olympus is up to as well. Yeah. I mean, there's so
1: many, you know, I'm really curious to when we start getting to some of these actual exits, like how do certain ones play out? You yeah. Know, do certain ones play out into it's like an ecosystem portal type play, Do others just morph into something else completely different? Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's going to be exciting.
0: Uh, So supposedly there's going to be – oh, bless you. I have no idea the uh, validity of this, but there's this entire thread being shared around amongst the Wonderland Time community. Uh, First of all, Danielle did a tweet, uh, founder of all these projects, uh, did a tweet earlier today or yesterday – I guess like eight, nine hours ago – um that uh, his development is going to focus for Wonderland more on wrapped memo than on time the token. Um, and the the way I understood the reasoning behind that is he can do much more with a token that contains the value uh, from a development perspective, alternative purposes, projects that they can build around it, than he can, with time that's getting rebased tokens dumped in as memo right so i think the idea is to focus singularly on wmemo which is also what ohm has been doing right <laughs> ohm is now focused on geom um, you can still use sOm, but they're focused on the governance ohm Um, Number one, to give people a role in voting and approving projects, et cetera, et cetera. But number two, um, because it gives it more programmability, I believe, is the basic concept behind it. It makes it easier when it's all the value is contained in the token, and the token's just going up based on the rebase rate and the price of the token. So um, that he did yesterday. There was a dump of time yesterday, and so the price was dropping, and so everybody in the Discord was panicking, but what came out of that are two things in this thread. Again, these are just rumors. I have no verification from Danielle of the validity of them, but um, they came from people that are in the community that are developers on the project. There will be potentially an airdrop soon. If you are holding W memo um, or memo or time, but you have to be holding them in on avalanche. You cannot be your W memo that you're holding on phantom. So if I had, I had in multiple wallets. I had W memo on Phantom, where I had bought it on Phantom. So I moved those, bridged those over. Um, Multi chain, which used to be called AnySwap, Multi chain a lot is compatible with W memo bridging. So you don't have to sell it and buy it back. You can just bridge the W memo over. Point one percent, they take point one percent of it. Um, so I did that this morning because I want to make sure I've got my W memo on the Avalanche chain so I get the airdrop of whatever it is. So. Um, so that's that's very interesting. And then um, Danielle also announced um, that he and Andre Cronje of Phantom, who the guy who basically built the uh, consensus algorithm for Phantom, um, who also is you know pretty famous in the crypto Twitter space, as a brilliant guy that gives back a lot. Uh, they are actually launching a token. I think it has something to do with NFTs. Their goal is to boost and promote Phantom. Um, and to make that a chain that's growing, uh, at a more rapid pace. He also said something about the fact that he is actually going to, um, focus part of sushi's mission when he takes over that on phantom. So really pushing hard on the swaps and the other tools and products that sushi has, uh, pushing attention to phantom as well. So, uh, pretty interesting, um, that the two of them are coming up with a project i'm actually pretty excited to see what they do i love everything they do something else that came out of the thread uh was this this tweet where and and it's something i brought up the other day which i think the guy's brilliant i think he's a great leader i think he does a good job but i was really concerned about his ability to focus right and having all of these projects he's got time he's got abracadabra he's Mm got um spell he's got mem And now he's got sushi supposed to be the leader of sushi and he's doing a project with Andre. Right. So I'm like, how the fuck are you going to get all this done and actually do quality work? So what he addresses and he says, look, every single project has its own team of developers and its own management and they're all progressing well. So he's really just playing the visionary guy. Right. He comes up with the ideas. He has teams of people that he's putting on these projects and he's building them out. So, um, I don't know the details of that, but made me feel a little bit better about that concern that I kind of had hanging over my, my head uh, relative to his ability to focus. Cause I love what he does. And I love investing in his projects, but I'm, you know, just concerned about that.
1: Uh, Mr. Multitasker. Yeah, is,
0: exactly.
1: Uh, is concerned about people. multitasking. Yeah. yeah Cause much. I know
0: how <laughs> fucking shitty I am at it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I know when you were saying that, as reminding me of when consensus got going, and it was, you know, when Joe Lubin and those guys started that up. It was all flat. So it was like everybody was a direct report to Joe or, you know, somebody way up there at the top. Yep. And it seems like this might be a better way to go. In that, you know, you're organizing more along like the pod model, or like the way the you know agency.com and those guys and the ad agencies yeah. do it. Um, where you have teams. So be curious to see how that turns out.
0: Yeah, no, look, I, I, like I said, so far so good. You know, the guy delivers, but if he adds one more project, I'm going to be kind of like, okay, dude, like seriously, just <laughs> how many are you going to do here?
1: He could, could always add doki-doki.
0: There you go. There you go. Oh, speaking of which, that's getting closer and closer. So uh, we, I've been uh, helping uh, Ray with a little documentation that he's putting out about the launch and everything. So uh, more to come on that as well um so So then real quickly real quick
1: on that the the whole permissionless system launch to everybody yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. so that's the permissionless so essentially if you've got a collection of nfts if you're an artist or a designer you're an influencer you're a creator you're a DeFi project you are going to be able to launch your own gachapon machine on the what's going to be called the gotcha protocol um which is really um you know, making Doki Doki more of a protocol like a Uniswap than just a curated group of NFT Gachapon machines, Mm -hmm. right? So anybody is going to be able to create a Gachapon machine and you don't have to know how to code. You don't have to know anything else. You come in, you fill out a form, you load your NFTs in, they get uh, distributed, the machine goes live, you set the token you want them to be able to take, you can do any ERC20 ERC token. So if you have your own token for a project, you can do that. If you're a, a social media influencer and you want to tokenize yourself, you can use that. Um, anything you want to do, you can do. Um, and so then you customize the machine, you launch it, and you send your your followers to it, right? And now they can get these cool, unique NFTs, and they pay the same price no matter what rarity they get. And it's a lot of fun. It's also very addicting uh, average user spends it twenty to thirty times uh, per machine. Um, the other cool thing about it is, is that now developers of games, uh, developers of NFT platforms, developers of DeFi platforms will able to be be able to actually integrate the GachaPon mechanisms into their DApps. So, you want to make it so that somebody completes a level in a game, they actually get to spin the GachaPon machine. You can. And it'll be in your game. It won't have to be. If you're creating a metaverse and you want people to be able to have like NFTs or tickets to events or whatever that are, that are sold as NFTs, you can set up a Gatchapon machine and get a randomized uh, integration uh, via API. So lots of cool stuff happening there. I'm excited. And I am shilling that. And by the way, I'm a holder. Joe's a holder. We're both holders of this project's uh, tokens. So uh, we are biased and uh, we have a, a bag to shill but we actually really love the project we love the founder um and we've been thoroughly impressed with how much they've just been grinding 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 even in the lulls in the nft space so um wouldn't you say joe
1: yeah absolutely i mean i think this is one that um you know with both the tokens watching them get to such high levels and then sort of it's easy to regret oh shit, i should have sold it all but yeah. Um, but you know, I did sell some decent chunks and bought some back and all, I mean, I yeah. have more than I started with, um, at this point, but you know, I took profits along the way. So I think this is one that, um, you know, th- this could be one that really goes in a direction I didn't expect it to go, Yeah.
0: which
1: is sort of like, you know, um, where it's a feature in all these different, uh, web three applications versus, or, you know, a revenue model. A revenue stream within the web three app web three kind of dApps or how how you're going to use it different ways in ways that we didn't think about yeah I think what sort of hurt them at the beginning in some ways it helped some ways it hurt was since they kind of came out of Japan um in sort of anime space it some people don't like anime some people do there's not a lot of middle ground there i don't think so no you're right a lot of users got turned off thinking it was just a big anime site um which you know there is quite a bit of that too but at the same time that's not really what their core thing is their core thing is this permissionless tech Yep. um so it's gonna be exciting yeah i'm excited for
0: them and i've look i've gotten some cool nfts out of it and don't forget i mean I'm still sitting on my you burned yours but I'm still sitting on my chain binder nfts that have eth backing them which is another model that I want to see them roll out oh you didn't me.
1: get that message they sent a message out like an hour ago <laughs> that said no no that you're supposed to send all of those to me
0: yes I see so, I see and, no, and that no. Way you
1: get a, you only have to take a 40 percent haircut
0: and- no that was a nice that's a nice profit still even with the decline in ETH value yeah. i'm uh, I'm happy with that so uh, and that was a really cool model I want to see him roll that out as well so Uh, Back on the... Go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, I was going to say, and if you could send your seed phrase with that
0: too. Yeah, it's on its way. It's on its way, Joe. I just sent it to you in Telegram, unencrypted.
1: Cool. Can you Um, post it up right here on the screen for us?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So evidently, um, anti-maximalism, which is in my Twitter uh, profile description, is uh, actually a pretty popular sentiment uh, Hmm. amongst the DeFi world. Um, and I thought it might be, but I'd never never really seen it in action um, until I replied uh, in the middle of a spat between uh, Danielle and of uh, of Wonderland and uh, David Hoffman of the Bankless podcast, who is a um, hardcore ETH maximalist. Right? Now, uh, before I say this, I, I actually listen to Bankless all the time. I get very frustrated with the maximalism. I get very frustrated with kind of the the biased explanations of things like they did an episode about Solana. That was everything you ever needed to know about Solana. And it was just a big dumping heap of shit on Solana instead of actually talking about what Solana was. So I was highly disappointed with that, but I know their bias, right? I know who they are. I know they're ETH Maxis. I know that's what they do, but I have still learned a great deal from them and the guests on the show. So all that said, Danielle got in a fight with Hoffman and uh he was basically slamming him about the fact that danielle had never been invited on the show and basically was claiming that david was doing it to protect his own bags because danielle works on you know other chains etc so and that he's backed by venture capital suits and you know so anyway they're getting into this spat and i of course have to chime in so i chimed in and i said you know, we aren't bankless, but I do thoughtful, intelligent, and focused interviews with leaders in DeFi, and I've been trying to get you on the show, and I have. I've been harassing the shit out of Daniel in DMs, but I'm sure I'm behind the protected DMs in Twitter. Like, I have a ton of people that have messaged me behind the protected DMs that I don't see come up, because you have to click through multiple levels to get to those, right? Um, Uh,
1: Super special VIP package.
0: There you go. So I wrote uh trying to get you on the show and i wrote agenda innovation no suits anti-maximalism and then i name dropped some of my past guests right so uh he immediately replied and was like dm me right away right so i thought that's cool i've accomplished my goal i got danielle's attention uh I told him i've already dm'd him and i thought that's great i've got DM. well the fucking tweet blew up like for me blew up like you know 76 likes five retweets but I started getting all these people following me, like over 200 new followers inside of like a few hours last night. And all these people going like, man, that's anti-maximalist. That's exactly what bankless should have been, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, bottom line is, it's not about beating up on bankless. I think they do a great job. I think they're good people. I think they just, you know, are too religious about what their their views are. But there's obviously a lot more of us in this marketplace that we, we are tapping into. Right, and that we could potentially kind of galvanize around. It's that whole cross-chain and chain stuff you and I were talking about before the show today. Um, it, I think, it bodes well for the whole DeFi community that most people are not maximalist. So,
1: yeah, no, I mean, think about an analog would be when the old, uh, last mile problem during the late '90s, early 2000s. Let's say when it was uh you know because there was dial up but it was being competed between the power companies the cable companies and the phone companies right and different levels of power but you know they were all trying to grab the whole piece and 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 they missed the whole piece which was that it's all going to go through the phones (laughs) that's that was the piece that they missed um so when i look at Stuff like where we are here, and say the crypto space and DeFi and all that, fintech, whatever words you want to call things over the last couple of years. That we still don't really know what's coming. I sure. think next. I mean, right in ninety nine two thousand. I mean, yeah, sure. We we knew of Amazon. We thought of Amazon, but it was right. the concept of the books. Yeah. Um. Google. No, I don't really remember much google talk going on other than the gmail accounts and things like that um because everybody i was still kind of in you know just had the battle of all the search engines right and i think i was doing a lot of like Alta Vista, i believe and some yahoo um groups like that that you know that just kind of went away so i think that what we're coming up here is that um all of this innovation is coming around crypto and you know different applications around the accelerating the velocity of capital, um, application to projects, you know, that's stuff that I don't think we're really capable of grasping yet. what that's going to look like right? Um, in, in a sense. And, and that's the kind of thing that has me really, really excited.
0: I totally um, agree.
1: So, you know, we'll see what goes. And, and the interesting thing too, you brought it up a little bit earlier, you know, we talk a lot about execution risk and a lot of these, you know that have undocked teams you know you really you know you don't have anything to evaluate right. so you really are doing a big diversification play yeah hoping for some innovative feature that comes out of it that nobody's counting on so um, no, i totally be, agree yeah it's fun times i also saw 2022 talked a lot about um a bunch of more dials coming out around different concepts not just forks but, right you know the lot the year of the dow as far as projects so you know i think when you think about all that and forks and what else comes um it should be a good time just want to get to that dude part. i
0: definitely i definitely agree with year of the dow i think i think dowels are going to blow up i think um you know dennison at bertram at uh vote with tally those guys are positioning themselves they're realizing that they need to be more than just a voting application so they're really deep diving into how they can become more of a um, a DAO, if not provider, at least assisting uh, people with starting them. And we talked through all kinds of formats. You know, you know how I've talked to you in the past about uh, wanting to tokenize material indicators. Yeah. Um, and we talked about that a lot. We talked about how we built that community up and how strong that community is. And he's like, "Man, you guys are like perfectly positioned to be that, right?" Um, but part of, you know, part of this dump, when you're starting fresh with a DAO, like we're doing with we're forked, it's a lot easier when you are taking an enterprise that already has an existing revenue stream. and has a growing revenue stream. It's a much harder call, right? Because you are essentially, you are essentially saying, I want my community to believe enough in our business, whatever that business is to be willing to hold this, buy and hold a token to get access to our products and um, maybe even pay into that community, but that I'm going to see so much increased value in that token and in what the community creates and the value of around that, that it's going to be worth more to me than my existing recurring revenue stream. Right. And that's, I think, so I think that's going to be the big, we're going to need examples of that already happening in crypto we're gonna need examples for other businesses to see before DAOs really soar for existing companies. But for fresh starts, from my perspective, it's it's the only way to go. Like I, I, I really have a hard time imagining creating another company, except maybe just for formalizing things for the fund, right? But other than that, um, for me, I'd much rather be operating in a Dow. So,
1: yeah. No, I mean. It just seems like this, it's sort of, it's engineered from a corporate structure standpoint, operational standpoint, to to hit all the pain points yep. that, you know, concern people about, yeah. you know, crypto and, and, and things like that. So, so I think it definitely has, um, you know, something really unique there. I don't know yep. what it is completely, um, but I suspect it's something to do with, the decentralization web three, and all these other pieces, all coming to, to the forefront at the same time. Yeah. And how that mass amount of data like I was just thinking about back in the dot com days, and we're talking to us, I think it was maybe RH Donnelly or something and some Chicago company, you know, that did phone books, I think it was maybe I might have the names wrong. But uh you know and they were in you know one of my clients because they wanted some strategic advice on you know getting into the digital world and you know so (laughs) you know and i'm like you're like okay so here we go we got a phone book Hmm, what's this all about (laughs) you know you're like but you know they couldn't see the forest for the trees basically sure and and so I, i think that you know that a billion dollar market cap company couldn't see that right (laughs) right tells you there's a lot of evolution getting ready to happen here
0: yeah i agree
1: because like you said that you know when you're switching you know like that company's business model was um you know basically the listings of all the names and numbers and addresses of people and businesses right and then they generated money from the advertisement and from right people like placing um an ad let's say in i guess the yellow pages it was at that point right that was their whole model and so now you're taking it for you know now it's just the data you know it's not the book it's right um it's everything else and what yep. can you do with that data well we've seen what happened you know right in, in 20 years what's happened to that is you know i, I don't i don't see many phone books around <laughs> no. not one
0: yeah you know so, what's unique here too? Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. No,
1: no. No, no. Please go ahead. Just jump in.
0: No, what's what's really unique here, and and, and it's interesting because as we've had um people coming into the Weir Forked community. By the way, Amen. uh great to see you, man. He said good morning, friends. Uh, he's been helping out so much with me, man. He's oh, awesome. Good. Um, and then Aaron says, Glad you guys are addressing the Danielle bankless beef. Sadly, bankless is still digging a deeper hole today with further treats rather than have Daniel on for discussion, and their token is diving. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to celebrate that, but it's like unbelievable, dude. Thanks for letting me know, Aaron. Now I got to go check out the threads and see what the hell's going on. Cause it's, it's a fun sport. But, um, I'm always amazed when, when people bite off more of that after they've already been kind of burned by the internet, like are, you're so defensive, you keep going after it anyway. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to talk about was in, in context of the things we're talking about right now, right? Year of the Dow. DeFi spreading, um, TradFi coming over, all of those things. The interesting thing is, is as people started joining the We're Fork community and we did our, you know, we have the channel that's all the intros of our backgrounds and we're yep. all kind of talking about who we are. So many of these people have like these awesome skills, but they've been in DeFi now like 14, 16 months, even a year. And they have, Here, here's what I want people to understand. And this is kind of, you know, shit from the wise old man, right? These are the opportunities where your 12 months of knowledge is worth probably potentially more in income to you um, than you will probably have in any given five to 10 year period later in your life or that you've had prior to this. And by that, I mean your knowledge of how shit works here And your willingness to dive into a niche or dive into a vertical or your ties to an existing industry outside of DeFi makes you one of a very tiny piece of the population. And you can go out and leverage that into a lot of income because over here are all the people who are coming in and are going to want to figure out what the fuck is going on how they make money on it, what they should be doing in it, either as consumers and retail traders, as institutional traders, or as businesses that want to leverage Web3, NFTs, whatever it might be, gaming. You are in a rare position as a member of the DeFi community of having more knowledge than 99.9% of the population of the world about the future of finance. And everybody is going to want to jump in here. It's just like when .com happened. Those of us like you and me, Joe... That had the knowledge that dove in early, that were early adopters, people were willing to pay big ass dollars to help them navigate what you already know. So my point being, one of the one of the new members of the group has like years of digital marketing experience, like boatloads of it. And I'm thinking, not only does every project in DeFi need your expertise, but every project coming into DeFi, every company coming into DeFi needs your crossbreed of expertise of DeFi and digital marketing, right? How can you adapt those skills? So I'm just going to tell everybody, there's a a shitload of money to be made as more and more people come into this space. You should be positioning yourself if that's how you want to make money as an expert that can help people or as a, you know, communications content consulting uh, or a project that you want to get involved in. There's just a lot of opportunity, like a ton. And it's going to get, it's going to hit a crescendo probably in the next year, as far as I'm concerned of these initial next le- wave of people coming in are going to want help.
1: So, yeah. No, I yeah. think that's, it's a, you know, it's one of those rare times when kind of some historical knowledge um, kind of melds in well with this early stage experiential knowledge of say yeah. DeFi. Yeah. And, you know, you can see the patterns um, from the past. And you can see when efficiencies come into to markets and disrupt them. Yep. Um, that, and whenever I see it, obviously, you know, it's going to be fun times because there's going to be a lot of money spent yep. and the risk threshold goes um, way up in the sense that people are willing to take on a lot more risk. For, and pay a
0: lot more for it.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, a mo- lot of times you don't get that kind of historical um advantage of the time piece because there's not as big a gap in yep. between it whereas a lot of the people that are say the younger side of the spectrum that you know grew up native on smartphones you know they get stuff there that maybe we don't see as much cuz yeah we did you know have typewriters when we were kids and things <laughs> like that but you know we see things differently yeah you know from another perspective so because there was that technology gap there over that time period now that our historical knowledge from 20 years ago is very very relevant yep in 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 this cycle so that whenever i see stuff like that that's what gets me really excited um and, and i saw it in 2018 too so
0: Yep. Look, it's just a great time to leverage the knowledge you've already gained here and dive in deeper into aspects of it that you think uh, a market you already work in might want to know or uh, an industry that you have connections to. Essentially, it's FOMO, right? All of these companies, all of these bankers, all of these other people are going to feel like they're missing out when they start hearing more and more stories about people getting rich, companies making billions, whatever it is. They are going to be feeling like they're missing out. and they are going to be looking for people that know what they're missing out on. And it works. It's like, you know, I teach that um, presentation and persuasion course at, the, at Florida International University's MBA program, right? And one of the things I tell people is one of the best ways to persuade people in, if you're pitching something, one of the best ways to persuade people is to teach them something, right? Because you immediately, in their eyes, become an expert right? You immediately have authority. One of the primary persuasion tactics is authority. So when you already have knowledge and you can be teaching people something, you have an opportunity to sell them something. And it's being the expert in the room when nobody has any knowledge that you have um, is an incredible opportunity for revenue and income, right? And that revenue income, you can then put into the projects that you love. So anyway uh, that's the, the old guy's advice for the day.
1: Yeah. And, and, very good advice. It was.
0: Thank you, Joe. Thank um, you. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, um, it seems like you get these opportunities, you know, I'll say the 99 late nineties, 2001, you know, there was that nice run up and there was a run up in like the three, four, five, six range. Yep. Eight, the, you know, nobody could see where that was coming from. And then kind of a slow and steady after the great recession and, you know, nobody wants to, uh, get off this off the stimulus, but, um, you could see kind of a technology thing coming in here at the same time with the finance side, which is where you yep. know, everybody's always trying to get yep. is how do we get the money to go faster? And so, To me, that's what has me the most excited and maybe all these excessive valuations I see in the different markets, um, you know, maybe that is all, you know, those, those efficiencies haven't been bought yet. Right. In the sense that there is still a bunch of efficiency to come. I did find it interesting that like I saw how Turkey was doing, you know, they were basically having an issue with inflation and their response was to cut interest rates which is, you know, pretty much the exact opposite of what anybody <laughs> would say you should do. Right. Um, so I thought that was kind of intriguing. And I, I know there's different political reasons for that with Erdogan and all that in Turkey. But I just found it just amazing that someone could do the exact opposite. Yeah. And, well, and you, know, you know, not have money, many people bitching, which goes to show you that, look, it's all in art form. And as long as nobody's coming in you know, not burning, driving the car through the door of the bank to take all the money, um, then the money is what the money is. Yep. You know, it's, I don't want to say illusion, that's not the right word, but it's a, definitely has a, there's a psychological or an illusion of, of value there. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying it's not real, it's definitely real, but it's not, um, there's a lot of psychological underpinning there. Let's put it that way.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, a, a quick note. Uh, we do have somebody, uh, in the Weirfart community that's working on, uh, he sent me the document. I haven't looked at it yet, but an analysis of the curve, uh, convex stuff. Um uh, no. I'll, 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 shoot that over to you, Joe. Uh, he's also happens to be the guy that's helping us on the solidity side and the snapshot stuff, stuff, but, um, he, um, he's taking a deeper dive into this and he's been working with another guy on it. So I'm going to try to persuade him to come on the show uh and give us all some lessons uh in what's actually going on there because i'm not sure I understand it all yet and I obviously didn't have any time yesterday to dive into it. So um anyway, uh hoping to hoping to do that uh as well. So um Grim is still recovering. Oh speaking of FOMO and education, uh I'm listening to a Jason Calicanus podcast this morning when I'm driving my daughter to work and And let me tell you, she loves my podcast listening habits. Her, my twelve-year-old daughter. Um, Where's she she, work? Where's she work? (laughs) No, my daughter. Yeah, you say while you're driving her to work. Oh, driving her to school. Sorry, that is her work. (laughs) That's what I tell her is her work. Hmm. Um, And uh, anyway, I I, got to get this guy on a call because he's so close to getting it, and then he trots out the same old shit. You know, and it's just so frustrating. Like, I listened to him and this co host on this other show he has today going off about, well, you don't really need the decentralization and the databases were fashioned so we could make them writable and changeable and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, dude, you obviously think you like what's happening here, but you have done not a fucking thing to figure it out. Like, right? you've not, you don't have a single DeFi investment. Right, you you haven't even looked at this shit because if you looked at this shit, if you, this is a guy that funds tech startups, fintech companies. Like he understands all the limitations in the world of finance and startups and investing. Right, if he had for ten minutes looked at two or three projects in DeFi that are like maybe Alchemix and Olympus Dow, he would no longer have this point of view. Right, where it's like, oh, uh, you know, I I can see it'd be great to not have to pay bank fees to send. $1,000 to Russia, right? And it's like, dude, you're just, you're so close. You know, he gets the DAOs are important. He was excited about the constitution Dow stuff, but he's not curious enough or he doesn't have enough time to actually like, just take, I don't know, 30 minutes maybe to actually yeah. look at this shit, to understand what's happening. And that's frustrating. And that's going to be, you know, part of the frustration going forward is we have to have people curious enough and we have to show them what's possible. And how this breaks the barriers of the existing financial system to allow people to create all these amazing financial experiments, right? That to me is is besides the DAO piece, is one of the most exciting things is that we're we're trying out so much shit that nobody ever imagined before yeah. while building on top of the shit that people have been doing for a hundred years, right? So that's that's what's really cool to me. So anyway,
1: well, it's sort of like if you remember, remember like erp package implementation software again late yep. 90s yeah um think about like oracle database work the people soft uh hr related oh, stuff fucking
0: PeopleSoft! i forgot all
1: about remember that. oracle financials uh yep. sap of course yep um great plains was yep. out there for a while um you know I remember when somebody would come in to do an implementation of say that uh, enterprise implementation. There were so many other applications in there that had just been built on top of you know all this old IBM uh, mainframe technology or whatever from the '60s. Yeah, and they never replace it. Right. You know, until eventually you get to where, oh, new standard. All right. We're going to have to replace that now. And you got an excuse to unplug it all and hope that, it you know, the new shit's going to have everything still there. Right. Um, and, you know, this to be, I think we have with, with all the DAOs and everything, we have this opportunity now. And with DeFi and everything where we can kind of do a little of both. You know, some people are thinking of from the concept of building on top of what's already built, you know, what's out there and how do you make the system better? Whereas others are kind of coming in with just totally brand new, you know, there is no infrastructure Yeah, because we just burned it all down and you don't need it if you look at it like this. So I think that's what's kind of going to have these sort of innovation efficiencies that are going to kind of lever up because of that sort of. Yeah. Dual track approach.
0: Totally agree. That's all I got for the day, Joe.
1: Yeah, me too. Somebody's blowing up my phone over here. Um so. <laughs> all right. All you know, right. It's so funny, we were just in the middle of this last one about 10 minutes ago, and I sort of was sitting there and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh that's right, we're still on the show, aren't we? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's what we said we were doing, right? Just taking yeah. the normal conversations we have. Yeah, all of a sudden it's like, oh, fuck, yeah, people are watching me. I better not pick my nose. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, So everybody, thank you for listening again. We love you guys. Uh, Thanks for commenting. Uh, Aaron and Eamon, appreciate you joining into the conversation. Um, If you think there's something we should be talking about, do not hesitate to let us know. B05 Crypto on Telegram and Twitter. B05 Crypto, pound 2143 on Discord join our discord server you can see it in the tweet i did yesterday i need to put it in my profile but i have so much eloquent shit in my bio that i don't really want to replace it but i guess i should um we appreciate it if you're interested in the we're forked uh club uh we're getting very close here people to pull in the trigger we'll have an agreement we're uh, building up the voting capabilities for picking the protocols and picking the rules that we want to go with as a community this is going to be a community-based thing but we need to get your sign up in via our Google form and your commitment, so we can add you to the channel. So if you are interested in doing this, let us know as soon as you can. Um, we have more than we ever expected to to be in this, so we're very excited about the number of people in, involved and in joining us. But uh, it's so exciting that even our attorney is jumping in, Joe. So that's good news, right? Um, and even some big investors uh, that invest in. Large sums and big protocols are jumping in this just for shits and giggles. So um, we get to swim with, with the big guys and the little guys here. We appreciate it. Well, you know,
1: we, haven't, we haven't hinted much about our, our secret special sauce that is the um, superior best ending possible for the uh, fork model that we've developed. So we haven't teased about that at all, have we?
0: I, I have no fucking clue what you're talking
1: about. <laughs> Oops. Oh, that might have been another group. Sorry. That might have been another group. Is
0: that your other show, Joe?
1: That's my other show. No, no. That's my uh, how to turn all um, forks into winners.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. Are yeah, you, I mean, you going to put that out as a book? No,
1: I was just, you know, that that might be in our VIP channel or
0: something. X- like oh, yeah. I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah. I like that. That's good shit. I can't <laughs> wait to hear it because I could use that for a couple. Yeah, uh,
1: me too. Oh. <laughs> physician heal thyself um
0: <laughs> i feel like joe's back in my houston uh house no uh. no no <laughs> they're coming for you <laughs> but where are they Sorry. don't worry it's legal here
1: no yeah is it? you just got no, the okay. med
0: card we're in miami uh thanks everybody for listening great day joe has fun um i'll touch base with you a bit later but uh appreciate you and everybody listening and watching thanks for sharing uh please rate review us on youtube or your podcast app uh preferably apple itunes podcasts and uh please let your friends know about it we're having a lot of fun and hope you are too thank you
1: thanks everyone thanks brad thanks buddy buddy talk to you